Live from London, this is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collum on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, Sunday Brunchers, on this beautiful, beautiful day um, on December 12th as we head towards Christmas. Welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. Today we are talking about toxicity in the workplace. Is it inevitable? How do you avoid it? What do you do if you're faced with it? Do you run? Do you stay? Where does it begin? We are live. Live from London. This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collin on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Yes, yes, Teachers Talk Radio. If you are listening, then you are listening to a wonderful platform of teachers speaking to teachers and leaving that communication open both ways. If you are, if you want to call in and comment on what we're talking about today, then that is what you can do. You can drop into the Podbean app and say hello, drop comments um, via text or hit the round grey icon and call in and speak to me live about how you feel. Um, today we are, the main topic today is about toxicity in the workplace, toxic working environments. Not really specifically about teaching, but unfortunately it can be particularly common in teaching. I imagine it's relatively common in a lot of professions, to be honest. But um, but I thought it's an, it's an interesting thing to talk about, especially at this time of year, where we're all, you know, we're at the end of what I, pardon me, what I think is the killer term of the um, of the year. I think it's the lowest point of the year. Every year I've worked in teaching, this second half term is an absolute killer. I think the the dark evenings, the dark mornings, the heavy workload, the longer term that it is, it all adds up. Um, to you know, and then you add on the COVID effect, and then you add on all the catch up y stuff that schools are doing, um, and it really can be can be killer. And so I wanted, to, I thought that at this point where we really are on our knees, and we really need that kind of a little bit of a well being boost here and there. It might be good to talk about toxicity in the workplace, and, and in some ways relate and say this is how we this is how we are right now. How can we make it better? Should we make it better? Or actually, is it wiser to sometimes cut and run and say, this isn't right for me and I, I feel it, I know it, and I know better. That's what's on the table today. That's what's on the table. Um, right, so toxicity in the workplace. Let's talk about some things in general, though, before we get into the main topic. There's loads going on right now. Loads and loads and loads going on in the world. Um, the old politics is getting a bit... Um, a bit not wonderful. And there was obviously a lot in the news in the last week about the party at number 10 Downing Street. A year ago, though, it was a year ago, which is funny. I was having a conversation yesterday and the general feedback was, why are we, why is it taking this long for it to be brought up? Shouldn't that have been a big deal last year? Shouldn't it have been, you know, in January last year, it was all over the headlines and it was a big thing. Questions have to be raised. We have to wonder, is that... um you know, do people hold on to these stories? I've heard that before, that journalists hold on to stories until they think they'll be most effective. But it feels weird now that the Met, their response is generally to not investigate and because it's retrospective. Well, why did we wait until it was retrospective? People knew about it at the time. Surely it was out, you know, if it's a party, a lot of people have known about it. Um, 
it just seems odd. It seems bizarre to me. But it's another reminder, following Dominic Cummings, following Matt Hancock, now parties at number 10. It's a reminder of the one rule for them, one rule for us. It's, it's disheartening, isn't it, as we move forward with this current government. You know, we want them to do well. We always want, whether you vote for them or not, I didn't, by the way. But if you vote for them or not, you want your government to do well. You want your leaders to be a good example. And um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be happening with number 10 it seems to be the same and the same and the same and it seems more worryingly i think as it seems to be moving on again and i remember thinking that with dominic cummings time um i thought is this just going to move on as normal and you feel it fade away and you think right so we've just accepted that and i feel like that's happening again which is a bit of a shame um christmas is coming ding dong merrily on high um yes christmas is on its way which is lovely i hope you're all looking forward to it have you started your christmas shopping yet always an interesting thing to consider um stressful i know some of you will have it all done some people get ahead of it they do it early november i knew somebody in the kitchen in our school had it all done early november and i aspire to it. i aspire but honestly um i still have some of my most important gifts still to buy i don't even know what i'm gonna get most people um so yeah christmas is coming are you having christmas dues is a question i wonder to you guys teachers out there in the ether um are you are you getting together with teachers and having a meal are you having some drinks are you sitting around socially distancing your school hall and sharing some snacks we're not in my environment i have to say sadly it's not something that's happening um i think to my understanding a lot of people aren't but are you are you are you looking forward to a bit of um a christmas do because that is something that we that we could all do with i have to say yesterday rightly or wrongly there was a there was a little bit of a party on for a friend of ours 40th and um you know the doors were open and it was ventilated and all of that but it aside from that it was pretty much a normal get together um and you know it, it did feel it felt nice you know right or wrong as it might be in the moment where there could have been more rules in place and there could have maybe we all should be masked up it was just for my well-being it was so nice to see people and just chat and you know not feel this kind of to not have that for so long to have that taken away from us and a big blocks between um people and not being able to communicate and not being able to um catch up over long periods of time it does take a toll and i think that also compounds on this term of heavy workload and long term and dark nights and dark mornings and all that that i was saying um you know the the social what's the word, the barren kind of social calendar adds again to this difficult time that we're having. And I, I only say I count down to it being better as time goes on. So Christmas dues, are you lining up Christmas dues or have you had to batten down the hatches? Are you not risking it? I have known, you know, where I was supposed to be meeting up with siblings late, uh, recently to exchange presents. We had to do some cancelling because one of them had COVID. It is feeling present, isn't it? It's feeling ever present and getting closer and closer as time goes on, unfortunately. Um, so Christmas do's or not, are you doing them or have you had to knock them on the head for another year? Um, and how are you feeling about that? I hope that you're handling it okay. Uh, if you just tuned in, this is Teachers Talk Radio, you can call in live. If you want to speak to me or drop comments, you can drop them on the Podbean app or hit the round grey icon and call in and tell me about how this term is shaping up for you and how your holidays are looking. Have you cancelled everything or are you still hoping to meet up with people and share Christmas with others? Are you sick of it? Have you reached a point where you decide... I can't be doing this anymore. This is the end for me. Um, I, I, the whole rules, seeing the, the leaders not following them, maybe that's a line in the, in the sand for you where you go, right, I, I can't be doing this anymore. It costs me too much. And 
you know, and I'm disheartened by the people who aren't following. Let me know. Let me know. This is Teachers Talk Radio. So um, it's a radio station for teachers to speak to teachers and listen to teachers. Um, I hope that if you are a teacher, you feel free to listen along and call in as the show goes on. Um, and talking on teachers, um, nativities. How's your nativities been in your workplace? Are you nativitying it up? Have you had parents in? We are filming in our school. We are filming individuals or classes who then we upload their Christmas videos onto Google Classroom and they can they can share those with parents when they get home. It's not the magic of Christmas to, to have a video online. There's no getting together. There's no kind of well done and pats on the back. So that's quite nice at this time of year and I feel are needed for all of our mental health. It is a little bit of a, um, it's a little bit of a, you know, send it and get it done and move on. Hello there, Farbod. Good to have you in the room. Lucy Newberg is in the room as well. Good to have you in the room, Lucy. Um, yes, this is Teachers Talk Radio. Um, we are talking about nativities at the moment. Just talk, trying to feel for how people's nativities are in the world. Uh, are you holding a nativity in your school this half term or are you? have you knocked it on the head? Have you decided there's an alternative? For example, our school are putting videos up on Google Classroom. Although, to be fair, that is the older year groups are putting videos on Google Classroom. Some of the younger year groups, reception and year one and two, did actually hold a bit of a nativity. There were a few songs sung and parents were welcomed in, into school. So maybe your school's doing a little bit of both. Maybe you're doing a little bit of both. Um, I do miss them though. I miss the nativities. You know what I also miss is the, this is gonna sound terrible, but at this time of year, when it is a really stressful time of year and there's so much going on and we're being pulled in all directions, both at home and in the classroom, I do miss wasting some time at this time of year. I do miss, I miss being called into the, off, not the office, it called in to watch other nativities. So when the infants do nativities, I like to go, all right, class, we're gonna go and watch the infant nativity and you can kind of just enjoy it for a bit, you know, or, or when you do rehearsals and perhaps if you're not the one leading the rehearsal, you can just watch your own class, make sure they're behaving all right. And it's a bit of, it's a bit low key for teaching, you know, it's a little bit for the brain to relax. And I miss that a lot because at the moment, certainly in our workplace, it's go, 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 but you know, burning all cylinders. Um, and you know, it's, it, there is a limit for me. There is a limit. Let's see. Farbodge dropped some comments on the Podbean app. He lives in Iran. So they're celebrating Noruz. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that. Not Christmas, but Merry Christmas. Thank you, Farbod. That's very thoughtful to drop a Merry Christmas for us. Um, I hope you are celebrating your own celebrations um, well, and I hope you're enjoying your time. Um, lovely to have a listener from, from Iran as well. Um, I hope you're, you're enjoying this time of year. Probably very different. Um, Weather-wise, probably very different to how we are here. We're all cold and blue skies, a little bit frosty in our mornings. Um, oh, thank you. He says that was a good pronunciation. Ah, oh, that's made my day. Farbod, it's made my day. Seema's in the room too. Hello, Seema. Good to have you. We're just talking nativities at the moment. We're talking nativities and previously we are talking Christmas do's. Um, are you having a Christmas do with your workplace? Are you holding a nativity? Are you welcoming parents in? Are you shutting the doors? Are you saying you can't? Do you miss the time wasting of this time of year where you can sit and, um, and you know, watch a nativity or sing a few songs in the hall? Um, that's all gone. It's all gone. Seema says, I'm not. You're not missing the time wasting? You're loving doing all the extra. I guess the good extra learning is good. And I guess we have to make up for it too. What are you not, Seema? That's a very ambiguous I'm not. Oh, you from Iran too. <laughs> okay. The, Farbod and Seema having their own chat. I'm going to leave them to it. They can they can chat about how they're getting on. Um, we'll keep on on Teachers Talk Radio. Here's a milestone for Teachers Talk Radio. This week, 
our followers on Twitter hit the satisfyingly round number of 10,000. 10,000 followers on Teachers Talk Radio. I'm not a big fan of playing audio effects, but that deserves... Yes, indeed. Well done, Teachers Talk Radio. We've only been here since Feb. Since February, I remember that first show, Tom Rogers rambling his way through an hour or so on the airways. I remember listening and thinking, ah, here it begins. He, and he was all on his sound effects. He loves the sound effects, Thomas Rogers. He's, he's the captain of Teacher Talk Radio, the man behind the machine. Um, and yes, indeed, well done to you, Tom, and well done to all Teachers Talk Radio listeners, contributors, hosts, and uh, you know people who work, the, there's so many people who work the background, people who do the news, people who do tech transitions and training and all kinds of stuff. There's magic in this place. And it's done great. 10,000 listeners this week. So well done, well done. And a mug, a Teachers Talk Radio mug is flying to that 10,000th follower um, on on Twitter. And I hope you enjoy it greatly. I hope it arrives in one piece. And that's my biggest point of anxiety when it comes to mugs going to people. Lucy, in your your profile picture here, I can see on the Podbean app, you're holding a mug. Now, I, I pray it's a Teachers Talk Radio mug. Um, or I might, I was, I'm sure I sent you one recently. Anyway, this is Teachers Talk Radio. If you'd like a mug, then um, there's all kinds of ways you can do it. You can contribute to the show in lots of different ways. You can follow us on Twitter. You can drop comments on the Podbean app. You can call in throughout the show if you have something to say. Uh, Lucy says it's on its way. Well, Merry Christmas to you. I am the Santa of mugs and I send the mugs to people who, who are on Teachers Talk Radio. And so, Lucy, look forward to that. I have a lovely hot beverage when it arrives. Maybe a mulled wine in your Teachers Talk Radio mug. Whatever suits, whatever suits. Um, so there we go. Farbod's asking where we're based. Well, I am based in Romford, just outside of London. If you heard the intro jingle, um, you'll hear live from London. And that's me, Graham Collum. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, that's Graham Co- at Graham Collum VO. And Teachers Talk Radio, the wonderful machine that is this um, growing beautiful beast, as I've called it before, is at TT Radio 2021. But Mr. Rogers, who's just tuned in, you're going to have to look at changing that handle because 2021 is wrapping up. We are heading to 2022. Uh, long may a new year reign. Looking forward to a new start. Um, Farbod, are you a teacher? Um, you're, you're listening to Teachers Talk Radio. If you are a teacher, let us know what you teach and what's going on with you. Um, so a few different things that's, that, that have been going on. Teachers Talk, Talk Radio of 10,000 followers. Some people are doing Christmas do's. Some are not. Some people are doing, doing nativities. Some are not. How are you feeling about it? Is it wise of the men in your school to have a nativity? Wise men? Is it wise men to have a nativity? Just going to let that one work on that one for a little Christmas pun. Um, or not, or not. Are you closing the doors on your nativity? Are you sending videos home to parents? Um, oh, we're on Instagram as well, Tom Rogers says. Of course, we're all over the place. We're on LinkedIn. You know what? Just Google TT Radio or, or go to ttradio.org and you'll find all the links and all the wonderful connections. Teachers Talk Radio is a, is a growing platform of teachers um, speaking to teachers, helping them go through this crazy life, this crazy career. And today, the main topic on the table is about um toxicity in the workplace it's about a healthy workplace and a not so healthy workplace how do you tell one from another how do you sense change how do you what are the indicators that one workplace might be becoming toxic and that's an interesting idea we're going to get into is you know what we've really got to be careful with and i'm a big 
kind of advocate for is not just talking about good guys and bad guys. You know, these are humans who lead all of these workplaces. And at some point, somebody thought they were doing the right thing. And they, were, they thought they were pushing and they were, they were getting the best out of their staff. And they push and they push. And before you know it, something changes and something becomes toxic in that workplace. And so I really want to get into that today and talk about not the goods and bads of toxicity. Look, it's, it's implicit that the toxic workplace is bad. But the people who run them, have good intentions. I do believe that everybody in, you know, at least 99% of people in the profession want to do good and they think they are doing good. But where is that line and where does one one intention become something a little bit more toxic and something a little bit unhealthy in the workplace? And that's a hard thing to identify because in teaching, you know, healthiness in a teaching environment is hard to spot because some teachers will throw themselves in the fire. You know, they think that's the nature of the job. That's things they think that's what we should be doing. And so there's a lot to talk about when it comes to toxic workplaces and what it means to be a toxic workplace and how we spot it. What do we do if we're in one? And what are our options? And who's responsible for it? Are we all responsible? Or do we just blame upwards um, to the leaders and say, sort it, leaders, you're the ones getting paid the big bucks. We're going to talk about all of that today. Lucy dropped a lovely comment. Oh, this is nice. Here's a different version of something at Christmas. Probably a little late to do it this year, but something to have up your sleeve for next year. Lucy says, we are doing a Christmas market this year. We're selling items that children have lovingly made. Each year group is performing one song and each key stage are also doing a song in Portuguese. Rehearsals have been minimal. So what happens, happens. <laughs> well, that's always the way, isn't it? That's the, that's the magic of nativities at Christmas and Christmas performances. That is such a great solution to the whole thing, like in an outdoor Christmas market. Why hasn't that taken off? world of teachers listen to that that would have solved so many great things it's such a warm and lovely idea one single song in a corner of the playground whatever from different year groups that's magical turn a playground into a christmas market lucy you've inspired me there um but it also reminds me of like innovators in teaching and innovation in teaching and what it takes to really make the best of this tricky situation rather than ticking boxes and doing oh we'll do nativity for some year groups and we'll you know we'll send video for the others and sticking very close to the lines you know being afraid of moving from the lines that we've worked within actually to just flip it on its head and go look this is different we don't have the same options as normal let's make this that's that making a christmas market this year because of the context of this year is what i would call anti-fragile and that's a term I came across, which is to say more than resilient, more than dealing with challenge and moving forward, it's using challenge to make a better opportunity to improve things. You know, so the, it's to say on a scale, you have fragile, resilient and anti-fragile. Fragile is if you break easily. Resilient is if you resist breaking and you stay strong. Anti-fragile is turning that bad thing into a positive and making it better. And that Christmas market idea, oh, it's beautiful. And even that last what happens happens, you know, the slight panic of it could all go wrong. That's part of it. That for me, that gives me that little Christmas magic that I miss from the nativity and from all of those things that happen at this time of year. Love it, Lucy. Um, very, very cool indeed. And also, you know, what's missing when we don't do our nativities and that type of stuff is when you say about singing the song in Portuguese, it reminds me of in previous years, we've done, you know, Silent Night in German because it was originally written in German. And there, there's kind of a worldliness. We had some Chinese Christmas songs one year and there's a worldliness to these Christmas performances sometimes. And there's a thinking about things outside of ourselves. And it, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like that's been lacking this year where we've um, where we've worked more and done less Christmas celebrations. 
um i feel like that that worldliness of christmas has gone as well we've been cramming we're still honestly i was having a conversation on friday about hearing readers more and and, and you know getting more done within the day and bosh 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 you think wow and in, in, in a week we're all off on our, our christmas holidays that's crazy for this time of year isn't it usually this time of year we'd be grateful just to be any lesson that you've done any learning in an afternoon or a morning good job success um, whereas yeah it, in, in my own environment it's been work 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 still going and I see the merit in that I get that we're making up I think you know some people talk about making up for lost time I don't like to see it that way I think that's you're fighting a, a losing battle when you talk about making up for lost time but um, I think that's probably the idea behind why we're working it so how are you as teachers do you keep them working up to the last minute or do you kick back for the last week that's quite a divisive question I think I know those who keep keep it real a tight ship and maybe in secondary schools that's more important to run a really tight ship at this time of year and not get too chilled out because obviously there's a risk isn't it sometimes if you do that too early whoo you know what's going to happen don't chill out too early because those kids are going to expect it all day every day for the rest of that week and it could be hellish so what do you do do you kick back early or, or do you keep it serious do you do the run down the professional line for as long as you can i wonder I wonder, I wonder. Myself, um, just to share some personal takes from the last, um, from the last week, been ill, had two days off in the last, uh, in the last week as well. So that's a tricky one. Illness as a teacher, always controversial. Oh, Farbod saying he is a teacher, he teaches English. Um, good to, good to hear Farbod. Um, I hope you're, you're enjoying that. I hope it's going okay for you. Um, yeah, I've been ill. Um, the teacher guilt, you know, the old being off, but feeling like you shouldn't be off, coming back to school earlier than you should. Uh, all of that, I find a, a whole, you could do a whole episode on that, about how we, how we look after ourselves, our physical health and allowing ourselves to be ill um, and how we don't. And why is that? Are there other jobs where we, where it's just okay to be ill? Are there schools where some teachers just feel okay to be ill? Where have you addressed the, the teacher guilt problem? And if so, how do you do that? Um, well, that's very nice. Farbod, lo- loving all the comments today, Farbod. He's active in the comments. Um, loving learning about the culture and love learning about other people. Well, I hope that's true of all people, I guess. We all like learning about the world around us, hopefully. Um, so, yes, I've been ill. Kids been ill. Wife's been ill. Gone around the family. No COVID, thankfully. Touch wood and all of that. Um, and it's also was my little boy's birthday yesterday. So I was up this morning very, very early building a toy car park. Um, he threw up in the night because he's had too much sugar. Did that in our hands. It's good times. It's good times. It's, it's that time of year, isn't it? It's Christmas. If your kid's not throwing up from eating too much sugar, is it even Christmas time? Who knows? Who knows? We're about to get into the main topic of today, which is about toxicity in the workplace and, uh, you know, a healthy work environment versus a not healthy work environment. How do you find the difference? Where do they come from? What do we do? What's normal in a teaching environment? What's not normal in a teaching environment? Where do toxic school environments come from? Who's responsible for toxicity? Um, And what do you do if you're in it? What do you do if you're in a toxic work environment? We are going to have a little ad break. We're going to have a little word from the news, um, which is, you know, which is a, what can I say? It's a treat of every time you listen to Teachers Talk Radio, you get the latest in education news. Um, and often that's worldly. It's not just in the UK, although it can be UK focused. Um, yeah, it's teachers, teachers news all around. Um, and yeah, and then we'll a little word from our sponsors and then we'll get back and we'll get into our main topic um right i'm just gonna start on with these ads i hope you're all having a lovely lovely sunday december 12th only 13 days till christmas kids Woo woo! 
This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Following the latest government restrictions to reduce the spread of the new COVID variant, University and College Union is advising that it would be sensible to move university lessons online. The temporary measure would see online lessons return for the final week of term. The union is calling for the move to protect students ahead of Christmas after the Department for Education told universities to remain open for face-to-face teaching as planned. Some individual universities, including Imperial College London, have already made the move following rapid rises in cases on campus. The union is also calling for risk assessments to be conducted before students and staff return after the festive period. Schools must not lose sight of their core purpose amidst new demands for vaccinating pupils, testing children for COVID and dealing with anti-vax protesters, says Ofsted's Regional Director for London. According to a report in the Evening Standard, Mike Sheraton said that schools exist to educate children and to keep them safe, but acknowledged that school leaders are being pulled from pillar to post with new expectations. His comments come after the watchdog announced that Ofsted inspectors would not visit schools in the last week of term, unless there were safeguarding concerns. In Scotland, the Daily Record reports Nicola Sturgeon's comments that she will bust a gut to keep schools open after also suggesting that there will be a tsunami of infections due to the latest variant. Whilst the First Minister acknowledged that there would be disruptions to schools due to infections, she indicated that there would be no return to the countrywide closures seen at the start of the pandemic. This week, leaders from Eastern and Southern Africa recommitted to the education, health and well-being of adolescents and young people. As part of the International Conference on AIDS and Sexually Transmitted Infections, ministers of health and education from 20 countries across the region agreed to renew their commitments first made in 2013. The drive will continue to focus on creating and implementing a more systematic scale-up of sex education, including a focus on reducing early and unintended pregnancy, gender-based violence and health and well-being. Deputy Minister of Basic Education in South Africa stated, Our young people are our hope for the development of our continent. And Zanzibar Minister for Education said it was important to create a land where our adolescents and young people are healthier, more productive and contribute to a more inclusive society. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programs to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Live from London. 
This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collin on Teachers Talk Radio. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is. We are looking, we're going full steam ahead to Christmas time at this point. We're heading into our last weeks in school and I thought it might be worth to check in and talk about toxic working environments. How is your work environment? Are you feeling it settle down? Are you feeling it escalate? Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. We are live from London. This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collin on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Teachers Talk Radio is the one-stop shop for teachers to talk to each other live on the air about the things that matter to you. If you want to drop comments to comment on the things we're talking about, you can do that on the Podbean app live and I'll get on those and chat as we go. If you want to speak to me personally about the things we're talking about, then call in. You can hit the round grey icon on the Podbean app. We can talk about the theme of the day and today that is toxicity in schools. Toxic working environments doesn't just have to be about schools, to be honest. All people can suffer from toxic working environments. Um, and, you know, why that is, why, why it might seem sometimes more common in schools. I'm particularly nervous about, about switching jobs, which is, is something that's coming up for me in the near future. And the thought of switching to a workplace that's, you know, more toxic than the one I'm in right now, that you might downgrade from a more healthy working environment to a less healthy working environment working environment is uh, it's nerve-wracking it's a cause for concern and I think I feel it more than if I was switching jobs in a different sector I think it's quite a high risk a lot of people I know have switched jobs from one workplace and then regretted it because they've gone into a less awesome place of work so um so why is that I wonder why and um, let's talk Farbod's calling calling in I wonder if he's got something to say about toxic working environments hello Farbod hello Graham how are you my friend yeah, very, very good indeed. You're sounding full of energy this morning. I am. <laughs> Actually, you remind me of myself and my classes, like, you know, because all my classes are online and and then, well, people sometimes start to feel bored in online classes, so I need to make them laugh as much as possible. So, like, oh. every once in a while, I do a comedy for them, you know, like, just make a fool out of myself to make right, them laugh, right, and right. yeah, it works all the time. So teaching, them, teaching them English, are you? I teach English to adults. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. You teach to adults as well. That's yeah. a kind of different area yeah. of challenge as well. It all is. Kinds of, all kinds of age of adults or young adults? Uh, we have them from the age of 16 up to the age of 65, who is my mother. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, she's cool. my student. Well, we're talking about toxic working environments today in terms of healthy working environments and not so healthy. Uh -huh. Now, if you work from home and you teach online, that's kind of a, a yeah. hard one to talk on. Do you have a workplace yeah. that you attend? Well, I work at Persian Gulf University. You know, uh, well, actually, uh, can I go back a few steps, like start from the beginning, if feel that's free, okay? Yeah, All yeah. right. So, well, I used to teach in a private institute. And when you said toxic, I just remembered that place. Now, um, you know, the, I, I think the key factor in detoxicating a workplace or toxicating the, the workplace is the manager of the place or the director um, or the principal if you're working in a school. So I guess those people, the heads, have a very important role 
in, in, in detoxicating or intoxicating the place. So uh, yeah. one big problem that made me move out of that place was um, the manager. Um, so I guess one toxic, one very toxic behavior uh, one can have in a, in a working environment is not being open to criticism not being open to suggestions, thinking that he or she knows everything the best. Now, <clears throat> when you stop listening to people, uh, your problems start to increase. So I guess um, a very toxic behavior you can have is not listening to your coworkers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, when I moved out of there, I was actually offered a job at Persian Gulf University to start a language teaching sector for the students and also for the people of the city and the country. So um, when I when I assumed office there, when I became the director, I said, okay, I'm not going to make the same mistake that my manager made. I'm going to be completely open. So in order to detoxicate my work and environment, I try to make everybody understand that I'm not their boss, I'm just their co-worker, and they can talk to me, they can share their ideas with me, they can criticize me, um, tell me can how they think. Yeah, sure, sure. Thanks. Just the thing, it's a really interesting thing. Tom Rogers has dropped in, he said spot on, he, he super agrees with you. And I, I definitely agree with the gist of what you say in general, the tricky thing, which I which I do know about this idea, firstly, a manager who might come in and, and seem like they kind of are bringing a toxic quality to the workplace. The tricky thing with that is is about who enables it as well, because a manager is a single person and they are an environment of other workers and how much whether they have a team below them who kind of do their bidding or kind of stick to their policies, whether that promotes it further. Um, but also when you were saying about your um, the, you know, ma manager listening to others, I totally agree that they need to. However, often I've seen in good quality leaders that sometimes they need to be confident as well. You know, they need that confidence to actually the buck does stop mm. with them. They need to see that they they are not just someone contributing to a dialogue with everybody else. Actually, they need to have an extra kind of process in there and an extra you know when you select your leaders you want them to be able to make informed decisions and to say definitely you know sometimes that means going against what's popular and it's a hard thing to see where that where that is a good thing and where it's a bad thing you know to be independent and see things through your own lens to see that as a positive quality but then it can turn into becoming very insular and very kind of selfish it's a fine line i think am i making any sense to you Oh yeah, I, I completely understand. You know, it's a. I guess the biggest challenge as a manager is to. You know, it's like walking on a rope. Okay, between two uh, skyscrapers. Uh, either side you lean on, you're gonna fall. Okay, so mm -hmm. if you become a dictator, you're gonna fall. If you just let everybody make all the decisions for you, again, right. you're gonna fall. So you really need to keep it balanced, and keeping the balance balance is is the tricky thing as a manager. Um, now, yeah, there have been times. That's a really good oh, answer. You're spot on there about the balance yeah. between listening to others and having your own confidence in yourself. You're right. It's a very tricky balance, but that is the magic. Carry on. Carry it on. is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, one thing I've always tried to do in order to detoxicate the place is to listen to people. And I, there was something that I took out out of my out of my classes and out of my because I'm also a teacher so I took it completely out of my classes and completely out of my system of management and that was forcing people to do things you see when you force people to do things uh, forcing is what you do to animals not human beings because they have logic they have they have understanding you can talk to them you can make them understand 
why they need to do certain things. Okay, so if you just order somebody to do something, they may feel like they're they're you know they're being bossed. Nobody nobody likes that. You know nobody likes being bossed around. So um, instead instead of ordering them do this do that give me this give me that, I explain to them why I need them to do certain things. And when I explain it to them, they just do it with 100% energy. They do it with their hearts. You know, they do it willingly. They do it well uh, because they want to do it. They understand why it's necessary. Yeah. And whatever I, I some agree more. I, it's, it's so funny, the things you're saying and a, a tweet I'm going to come to in a moment that I found just sure. yesterday. It was only posted yesterday, but both the conversation and the points you're making and the ones that came up in this tweet, it's like spooky almost about how relevant um, they are. Really? How much, I, I've seen it. Yeah. In terms of like, so I brought this up as a topic because I've, I've known a lot of people who are having some trouble in workplaces at the moment in teaching environments with toxic leaders and um, kind of the message being just like you're saying the do it, do it do it you know it's not about justifying nobody sits and says this is why it's important this is why it benefits teaching and learning nobody gives good reason it's about ticking a box and i want it done so get it done and it's just spot on to what you're saying so really interesting how you kind of brought that up as a key point like you've read my mind wow cool well the other thing that i tried to do was in my classes you know in my classes i also uh try to do the same thing so you see and 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 um a part that you cannot take out of the classes is the test the exam and um well something that i learned in this pandemic is is how fragile the whole education system is Absolutely. i mean the, the 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 moment the students got a chance to cheat they would do it they wouldn't say no this is for our own good no we shouldn't cheat no people trust they just cheated regardless of whatever values their teachers had they just cheated so I thought with myself, I thought, okay, why do they cheat? And the answer was obvious, because they don't want to learn. They simply want to get the points. They want to get the mark. They're not studying to learn. They're studying to pass. And that was another thing. Father, controversial point to raise about learning for yeah. reward or learning for learning's sake. Um, you know, I, I see kids on both sides. I think sometimes it comes down to a whole mindset thing. I, don't, I wouldn't say that all kids would cheat given the option, mm -hmm. but I know that a large number would because they, exactly. they want the reward of being seen as successful rather than actually experiencing the challenges that lead to success, you know? Uh, exactly. That's exactly the thing. Like most of them cheated not not all of them well i myself i've never cheated as a student uh, after i entered university of course before university i cheated a lot but, but after i entered Brilliant. university yeah i was like hey well if i don't learn this i'm not going to be able to work so i need to learn it what's the point of teaching teaching is not going to give me a job yeah so uh, I, I i went to my students and i said hey guys you know what well because you know my sector is not a place where people need to go to obligate, uh, but by obligation, uh, they choose to come to my sector and to learn English. And I, I, I sat down with them and I said, hey, look, guys, you came here willingly. You came here to learn. So what's the point of cheating when it doesn't teach you anything? And, and one of them said, hey, when I teach, I learn. And when I cheat, I learn. And I was like, okay, if you learn by cheating, then by all means, please do it as much as you can. Because all I want to do is teach you and make you learn. But so what, what, I try what to take... Of... Sorry, Father. Yeah? I'm just going to jump in there. And just to kind of summarize the point you're making there, is yeah? I think, is really to say that when people 
understand the reason they believe in the reason behind something they're going to follow exactly rather exactly try and force someone then they're going to make shortcuts they're going to not do as good of a job they'll cheat if they can um because they don't understand the method that is exactly my point is that what you're saying exactly and my greatest achievement my greatest achievement through doing this was the reduction of the the marking system okay out of my whole teaching you know my students do not achieve marks they don't get points they get knowledge so uh they don't even cheat anymore like i give them the test you may not believe it it may sound so uh like a fairy tale so i give them the test i give them the answer key i tell them okay guys study this part take the test then correct the test then we'll will work on your problems you and i get 100 percent honesty your line is cutting out a little bit i'm so sorry I'm can you hear me now wrap up a little bit I'm, i can i can I, I i love what you're saying and i love the 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 ideas behind what you're saying i think that is important and relevant when we're talking about toxic working environments about communicating that well i'm gonna say bye to you for now farbod but i've really loved chatting to you and thank you so much definitely thank you for the chance um, thank you so much yep yeah. Pleasure, pleasure. If you, if there's, as the conversation goes on, feel free to continue dropping in in the comments. I look forward to hearing. Definitely, you. thanks for the time you gave me, and great show. Cheers, pleasure. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Ah, oh, what a lovely guy. Thank you for calling in, Farbod. Let's crack on with some of those points he's just made. So we are talking about toxic working environments, healthy working environments and ones that are not so healthy. How do you know what's normal in your working environment and how do you know what's not? Because of course, if it's your first um, working environment, whether you're in teaching or in a different profession, you might not know. You might think, is this normal? Is this how teaching is? Sometimes you go to two or three schools and then you might think, well, this definitely is normal. And this is how teaching is, even though your kind of heart and the indicators in your mind are saying something's not right here. This doesn't feel right this feels toxic and so hopefully we're going to go through some of those indicators today farbod was just talking about um as leaders we should you know explain and justify our reasons to the people who are following us and make sure that's clear and to be fair um in the best working environments i've had that has been the case when i've when i've been asked to do things as a teacher i've understood why and i've believed in why and i've I've agreed with the leaders because I've seen the picture that they, they're trying to create. And I go, yep, that makes sense to me. And then contrary to that, when I've been in less healthy working environments, the message has been largely, we expect you to do this, get this done. This should be done by this time. And it's all expectations, expectations, no justification. And it's, to be honest, there's a fine line there sometimes because in both contexts, you're being asked to do something. And the explanation could be seen as, well, I don't need to explain, you know, you need to trust in me as a leader. So why should I have to waste my time explaining myself? I get why people might be sensitive to that. However, the effect it has on staff, the effect it has on the teachers who are carrying out those actions, and essentially, you know, you're paying them to fulfill that that um, mission. Um, I think that's what really matters. And I think you want staff to feel trusted, you want them to feel empowered and you want them to feel like they're part of the process. And I think if you don't feel like you're empowered and part of the process, if you don't feel like you have a voice or that sometimes even if you are given a voice, it's not really taken on board and questions are answered before they're asked. 
um, then I would say that's an indicator of a toxic working environment. So that takes us on to one of the first main chunks of this um, kind of section, which is to say what's normal in a, to in an, in a work environment and what's not, what indicators are there? Um, for example, it's just a job, right? That phrase, it's just a job. I have that as a very important kind of badge of honor that I would stitch onto my arm every day in teaching um, if I could. It is just a job. We're not given a gold standard wage. We're not, you know, golden parachuting our way to our pension. Um, it's a job. And I think if in your workplace to say that is seen as controversial or seen as offensive or wrong, I think that's one of your indicators that you're in a toxic work environment. I, as far as I've known, when I've been in a healthy working environment, that is fine and supported by leaders. They will agree. It is just a job. We want you to have a, a healthy family life. We want you to balance your work. We want you to go home at a reasonable time and have a lovely meal when you get home and have lovely quality time with your family. And in a toxic work environment, which I've also experienced, that then goes. And the idea of not working around the clock, you know, 110% becomes a little bit of an eyebrow raise and a little bit shocking and a little bit offensive. Well, I'm working this hard, so you should be. Um, something I dropped on last last week. Oh, cheers, Farbod. He's he's off, maybe doing some Christmas shopping. Oh, Merry Christmas, he says. Of course, he's not celebrating Christmas. Thanks for the great show. My pleasure, Farbod. Have a great day. Thank you for your lovely, lovely call. Um, so I always think that idea about how you see the job and seeing it as a job which is part of a life which has other elements to it, which are just as valuable and just as important, that should be allowed in a workplace. I remember on my teacher training going back 11 years, and there was a guy who said, you know, a, a head teacher who they had in to speak because he was an inspiring head teacher. Of course, he was an overconfident white male. Um, and his view was teachers should be until seven. They should be in at seven in the morning and they shouldn't be going home until after seven in the evening because that's what the job demands and that's what it's worth. And that was being said to a room full of training teachers. How wrong, um, how wrong. I saw it at the time. I remember thinking at the time, nah, this doesn't sit right with me. Uh, either I'm not going to do very well in teaching or this guy is is not on the same page as I am. And, you know, I, I can't remember his name. I wouldn't share it if I could. Um, but I could, I, I would put money on that in his working in his working space, there would be some people who feel that is a toxic work environment. Some people who will not be happy and maybe don't feel they are able to balance their life because you know to have the person at the top, the leader, um, expect you to give so much to your job as standard. And then what about when it's a crazy busy time? What about when you know when Ofsted are coming? What about when you're getting towards the end of the year? Well, then are we pushing that seven? Because seven's the normality, right? So are we pushing it to eight to nine. Lordy Lord, um, it, you know, th that's an indicator. What else might be normal and what's not normal in a working environment? Your pay scale. If your pay scale is used as a kind of rod to give you extra jobs, um, I think that's another indicator of a toxic working environment. If you have duties and you have assemblies, that's you doing, you're contributing to the whole school environment. If you walk around the school and you, you know, will tell a kid to adjust their clothes if they're not quite right, or you tell a kid to behave well in the corridors, you're contributing to the whole school environment. You shouldn't have to take on 17 unpaid roles and after school clubs and all this extra stuff. You're paid as a class teacher. That's your job. And if you've worked up those pay scales, you've worked up those pay scales. Um, you know, I've known leaders to speak to teachers and and use that as, well, you know, you are up a pay scale, so you probably should be doing more. And actually, they are being a class teacher wonderfully. 
Yeah, they, their observations check out, their data checks out. Um, but yet some people use UPS, your pay scales, um, to, to kind of force more and say you should be doing more than your duties, your assemblies and your class teacher role because you're on this pay scale. And actually, that's not right. That's not right. And I mean, legally, that's not correct. You should you do not have to be leading another subject. You do not have to. You can be a wonderful class teacher at UPS one. And that is OK. You know, you're allowed to be paid the kind of top basic wage in teaching, being a good class teacher. But I know there are many leaders who that's not good enough for and they will ask more. So that's another sign of a toxic working environment, I would say. Um, I'm now going to refer to a tweet that I stumbled upon yesterday. It was only posted yesterday. And it's from Carl C. I hope I hope I pronounced his surname correctly. Carl C. Pupe, I think. Um, he's a teacher. He's an author. And he's a speaker. Really wonderful tweeter. Um, his his handle is at Action Hero Teach. He's been on Teachers Talk Radio before. A really really great, great talker. I heard him many many moons ago speaking to Khalil Rouse, who usually follows me on a Sunday. Um, the tweet he posted out was, "What's the most red flag statements you've ever heard?" Um, with regards to toxic work environments. And he contributes, we make no apologies on pushing our staff to their limits. That's what makes us excellent, right? That's an indicator, isn't it, of a toxic work environment. People who are saying, basically, we're going to burn out our staff at any cost for the sake of the job. And I couldn't agree more. Um, my contribution was saying, and this is something I've heard, you know, in, in workplaces that I've been in in the past, masking overworking and destruction of your well-being as an achievement of the school. That's something that, that I've heard in the past was, you know, we've achieved so much. We've achieved a year's worth in a half term. That's not an achievement. At what cost? At what cost have you achieved that? At what cost to teachers' well-being and their relationships and their home life? It's not an achievement. Achieve what you need to achieve in a year, in a year. Because that's, otherwise, you're, you're expecting three times the amount you should of your staff, and they ain't getting three times the wage. They're not getting three times the recognition. And when they're dead, no one's going to go, oh, remember that half term? They all broke themselves. You know, it's not helpful. Um, so that achievement of a school can mask, I think, some toxic ideas. And uh, some other nice classics that are dropped in, in here. Uh, mentioning Ofsted to justify things. You know, we have to do this to tick the Ofsted box. You know, Ofsted are going to be looking for this. We're not, that shouldn't be what drives us. We should be driving, teaching and learning what benefits young people's lives and what's going to prepare them for the outside world, right? And I know I've seen the two different working environments. I've seen the ones where they work for the teaching and learning and it's justified for the benefit of the kids. Teachers are happy. Teachers are motivated. They do what they need to do. And I've been in the working environment where they work for Ofsted, for box ticking. And it's toxic. It's toxic. That's, those are the workplaces where, because they can't justify it, really, they will say, do it get it done. This is what we expect. Um, and so, you know, that this is what we're talking about, the, the indicators of toxic and non-toxic working environments. Um, very interesting. Here's some other quotes that people have dropped in, red flag statements to, to suggest that maybe your workplace might be a toxic workplace. Um, please don't take this the wrong way, but, or I don't mean to fun, be funny, but. In fact, there's a few quotes here which end with but. For example, um, not going to mention the O, as in Ofsted, but, you know, there's a pattern that basically we use those buts to mask what we're actually doing, don't we? We, we pretend we're not doing something. So, so I'm not saying this, but I'm actually saying it. Um, yeah, so that's it. 
we're not here to catch you out. Um, I've I've seen that used in in genuine ways, but it could also be used again. I guess a lot of these quotes are just people not speaking genuinely, and if they are being spoken genuinely, then it's not such a problem. Anyway, I wonder what you think. What do you think are indicators of a toxic work environment? What to you are the big red flags? Um, of course, it's demand from what well, we've heard already from Farbod, who spoke about teachers who demand things or leaders who demand things without justification. Um, we talk about the wage being used as a justification to to use you up more beyond what's reasonable. Um, and we talk about quotes and the fact that seeing it as a job and expecting you being able to balance your life is seen as not acceptable. Those are all, to me, key indicators of a toxic work environment. Um, something I'm going to move on to next is about the transition. And this is a tricky one is where do toxic schools and toxic environments come from? And this is a big kind of egg to crack or whatever the phrase might be. This is a big um, idea to try and figure out is where, how does a school go from being a good, healthy, wonderful, normal school to being a toxic school? And that is tricky because I think a lot of us, I think in this age of social media, age of quick answers, internet age, whatever you want to call it, I think we like to sometimes see good and bad guys. And we like to see the leader and go, they're the specter. All the bad stuff is coming from them. And I'd like to challenge that today and say that I don't think it is just down to a leader. And actually, I think often those leaders think they're doing a good thing. They think as long as they can reach their goals and they get to the end of their list, then it will be better for learners. It will be better for the staff because everyone's going to be in this, you know, Zen-like cooperative world. But um, yeah, I want to ask you guys, where do you think it comes from? I'm, I've got some suggestions myself. I don't think it comes from good and bad people. I think that good people can can in it can kind of become toxic enablers by not realizing, or sometimes just by sticking close to management and saying, yes, we're going to do what they want us to do because that's my role to follow management, rather than using their voice as a leader and saying, maybe that's not such a good idea. Do you sense there's a change at the moment? Maybe that's not a good direction that we're going in. Um, there's a whole group of people, but how about us as teachers? How about if you're just a class teacher, you also might be contributing to that toxic environment. You might be enabling it. Are you doing what you should be doing um, to make the best of that situation? Or as a class teacher, do you simply receive the environment and then decide to stick around or decide to run? That's a tricky question. It's a tricky question we're going to get into. We're going to have a news break. We're going to have a word from our sponsors. And then we're going to get into what creates a toxic environment and what can we do with it? All right, back in a mo. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Following the latest government restrictions to reduce the spread of the new COVID variant, University and College Union is advising that it would be sensible to move university lessons online. The temporary measure would see online lessons return for the final week of term. The union is calling for the move to protect students ahead of Christmas after the Department for Education told universities to remain open for face-to-face -face teaching as planned. Some individual universities, including Imperial College London, have already made the move following rapid rises in cases on campus. The union is also calling for risk assessments to be conducted before students and staff return after the festive period. Schools must not lose sight of their core purpose amidst new demands for vaccinating pupils, testing children for COVID and dealing with anti-vax protesters, says Ofsted's Regional Director for London. 
According to a report in the Evening Standard, Mike Sheraton said that schools exist to educate children and to keep them safe, but acknowledged that school leaders are being pulled from pillar to post with new expectations. His comments come after the watchdog announced that Ofsted inspectors would not visit schools in the last week of term unless there were safeguarding concerns. In Scotland, the Daily Record reports Nicola Sturgeon's comments that she will bust a gut to keep schools open after also suggesting that there will be a tsunami of infections due to the latest variant. Whilst the First Minister acknowledged that there would be disruptions to schools due to infections, she indicated that there would be no return to the countrywide closures seen at the start of the pandemic. This week, leaders from Eastern and Southern Africa recommitted to the education, health and well-being of adolescents and young people. As part of the International Conference on AIDS and Sexually Transmitted Infections, ministers of health and education from 20 countries across the region agreed to renew their commitments first made in 2013. The drive will continue to focus on creating and implementing a more systematic scale-up of sex education, including a focus on reducing early and unintended pregnancy, gender-based violence and health and well-being. Deputy Minister of Basic Education in South Africa stated, Our young people are our hope for the development of our continent. And Zanzibar Minister for Education said it was important to create a land where our adolescents and young people are healthier, more productive and contribute to a more inclusive society. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Live from London, this is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collin on Teachers Talk Radio. Yes, welcome to Graham Collum Sunday, I'm going to call this one, because I am the guy on Teachers Talk Radio today, and you can catch me every Sunday, 11 till 12.30. Today, we are talking about toxic working environments. What makes a toxic working environment? How do you detect a toxic working environment? What do you do if you're in a toxic working environment? We're talking about it all here on Teachers Talk Radio. We are live from London. This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collum on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Keep calm and carry on. I have to mention that one. I can't believe I forgot it. That is the ultimate, for me, indicator 
of toxic work environments. If you have a, a leader who says, we just keep calm and carry on. No, you're trying to take the mick out of me and not allow me to, to kind of, you know, have an opinion on it. It's, it's code for shut up and do what I'm telling you to do. All right. So keep calm and carry on. Please get rid of that phrase. Stop putting that phrase around. Stop giving people mugs that say keep calm and carry on because it's saying you have no right to have any opinion on people using you up and do the stuff I'm asking you to do. Finally, I've gotten to speak about keep calm and carry on. It's been weeks I've been wanting to speak about how bad that phrase is. And it's here on the toxicity episode about toxic workplaces. It's relevant. If somebody tells you to keep calm and carry on, don't rage, rage against the dying of the light. Keep calm and carry on. If there was one phrase I could incinerate and put in the bin for the rest of mankind, keep calm and carry on would be the one. Do not keep calm and carry on. Um, that is a sign that your leader probably is just trying to use you up a little bit. <laughs> Jesse inevitably is dropped in the comments. Keep calm, carry on, not long enough and not long left until Xmas holidays. Yeah, I probably will have to keep calm and carry on this week and just deal with it. But no, I won't do it. I won't do it. Um, be yourselves, be free, be free to comment. If things aren't good, you should have a right to say things aren't good. Uh, and again, feeling that you're allowed to have that voice or not is a good indicator of whether you're in a toxic working environment or not. So the next big topic on the table is where do they come from? And um, does it come from simply a mean leader who moves into a school and changes everything because they're a mean person? I don't believe that to be true. In my experience from people I've known in different schools and, and different environments that have changed um, from being non-toxic to toxic, it hasn't usually happened through a leader change. Um, sometimes it will, but often we do need to look beyond that leader and say, well, what's enabling that leader to create these changes? What's, why isn't anybody kicking back or representing? You know, we don't live in kind of dictatorships and schools aren't dictatorships. There are governors, there are SLT groups, there are year group leaders. And anybody who is a leader in a school surely should be contributing to that, um, you know, whether a place is, is toxic or not. The question is whether the SLT feel like they have that voice, whether they are actually enabled to have the voice or when they try and have a conversation, is that leader only hearing what they want to hear? Um, in fact, another quote that came up on Carl C. Pupay's tweet that I referenced earlier um, from yesterday, one of them was, I tell it how it is. Another quote, a red flag quote that um, kind of notifies a potentially toxic working environment. Tell it how it is which again is like code for, I believe my opinion to be fact. You know, I tell her how it is saying, my opinion is the actual real opinion. That's the, that's the valid opinion. And that's how it is. My opinion is how it is. I think is what is what I'd say. Tell her how it is, is code for my opinion is how it is. And as I've known it, teachers who leaders who use that phrase a lot, oh, I tell her how it is, are generally pretty rude and pretty ignorant to other people's opinions. So that's a little take um, I'm given on that one. But where does it come from? Um, how does a good leader become a toxic leader? Maybe you're listening to this and you're a leader and you're worried, am I becoming a toxic leader? Am I enabling a toxic leader? Are some of these phrases things that you're hearing in the workplace? And like I said to Farbot earlier who called in, because this is a live and interactive um, platform, Teachers Talk Red, you can call in if you want to share your opinions. Um, Oh, I've lost my thread. I lost my thread. He said something about what we were just talking about there, um, about how we communicate. Anyway, Jesse in the comments says it depends on, I think, 
from a few schools I've worked in, a few factors where they have worked before in terms of moving forward for their own career management. Ofsted pressure is another factor. Yes, I agree, um, unfortunately. But again, how we respond to Ofsted pressure, one leader in a non-toxic work environment will respond by prioritizing le- teaching and learning, in my opinion, and experience. Um, other leaders will panic and go Ofsted, Ofsted, you know, tick all the boxes. Everyone needs to tick every box all the time um, and panic, essentially. They'll let, let the, the job spin out from under them. And that then can lead to toxic pressure from Ofsted. Um, also, Jesse says, also some management have been in senior leadership for so long, they aren't on the ground such a teaching. Now, that's an important thing. And that was when I talk about where these environments come from. I think that's another factor. So what um, Farbod was talking about is where confidence in leaders can become kind of force where they stop being able to hear the opinions of other people and they stop accounting for others. So I, when I started in one school that I've worked in in the past, the leader was very confident and very strong-minded. And sometimes they would do things that were against what most people expected, but it worked, right? Because it because that leader in their heart of hearts, they they were prioritizing one, teacher well-being, two, teaching and learning on the ground in the classroom. And three, it wasn't that distant since they were, were teaching in the classroom. Every now and again, they'd be in a class and they might cover a class. So that kind of presence in the environment and understanding of other teachers' well-being meant that when they made those surprising, very confident decisions, you could get on board. Also, they justify it to you when they'd, they'd say, this is why we're doing it. Because initially they'd say, right, we're doing this thing. And most staff would go, oh, that's unexpected. That's not what you think. But then you hear the justification. Then you hear how it's going to balance out with other things in the environment. And you go, yeah, actually, that makes sense. I can see how that's going to work. And you'd move on. And it was a real quality in this leader to be able to really think for themselves and be confident. So I don't think leaders need to be led by their staff. I think they can make their own decisions. And a great quality in a leader is to be confident and independent in themselves, but also to one, recognize the voice of staff and two, always justify their things to staff and understand that staff do not need to just follow you because you're a leader. We always have a door that we can walk out of whenever we choose to. And, uh, And, you know, also when we get to later about what do you do if you're in a toxic environment, that is one of the most, you know, compelling options i think that if you're in that environment you're seeing that it's going a certain way maybe you've tried to enact change and it's not happening and it's getting worse well that's where that's the next option isn't it you you're a teacher there's a lot of teaching jobs in the country off you go and i think we have to have the confidence to do that sometimes and sometimes feel a bit more flexible in our roles um especially the hardest thing i think is if you're in a wonderful environment that has become toxic and you go will it go back you know, if I stick around for long enough, will it go back to be in a lovely environment? Or, you know, does it descend and descend and descend? And and having to justify that to yourself, whether you're going to go go back or whether you are, whether you're going to wait for, for this workplace to change back or whether you're going to go, actually, this is a train heading in one direction and we ain't going back. Um, actually, I need to hop off this train. That's sometimes necessary. Let's see what Jessie says in the comments. She says, yes, I agree. It works when they are involved with covering classes and being present. Yes. Trust their staff, not always micromanaging. Trust in the staff is another thing that, that you, you know, in workplaces that have been really positive for me, that was a regular dialogue that, you know, staff are the most valuable resource in that school. And I trust you to do this. And I, you know, not only do I trust, but the data shows that I'm right to be able to trust you. Um, that has always been the message. And then in toxic working environments, that has not come up at all. You know, that in fact, the opposite, there's a lot of, um, 
a lot of you need to evidence this you need to evidence that everything needs to be recorded and sent to us by this date and if not then you know they're having a word with you it's hard though i do think it's hard um to find one or the other what's the question we're on where do toxic school environments come from so a couple of i don't think it's from good and bad people firstly i think all teachers want to be good people i think that some people can get wrapped up in themselves i think often toxic work environments come from prioritizing work over well-being that for me was a big shift that i witnessed in a working environment in the past was well-being was always something that was central and when wherever there was new work given there was a balance of, well, we're going to do less of this. Or if you find it hard to fit this in, do there were solutions given all the time when work was being layered on. Well-being was prioritized. And I felt it. And I felt that I did balance my work with my life. Whereas as it became toxic, what would we say, toxified, toxicated? Um, as it became more toxic, then that shifted and well-being was no longer mentioned. And instead, the work was prioritized over well-being. And it was get this done, we expect this. The language was we expect, we expect, we expect, do this, do that. And it really was as simple as that. Um, and the well-being went, you know, I know people, you know, on that staff who've had conversations with their other halves, who said this, this isn't working for us, um, you know, who are losing the time, quality time with their families, it impacts in a massive way. And I've known the leaders to ignore it as well. It is, you know, prioritizing work over well-being, I think is one of the biggest indicators um, of, of where the toxic environment comes from when you see that shift and you go and no one's looking out for that person you know that that person used to be healthy and balanced and now they're not that's a massive indicator not usually with one person you'll see it happen with multiple people um and then the other one as jesse's mentioned a few times already judging others from an armchair right and saying look get this done it's only 10 minutes you need to fit this in all those kind of conversations when they are not appreciating, well, how do I fit in if that's a priority? Well, what about all the, all the other priorities, right? If the priority is teaching phonics, well, I thought it was also a priority to do my handwriting top-ups and my spelling top-ups and hear my readers and do the class book and do all the other subjects and, you know, do my well-being kind of checks with them or whatever it might be. Um, film your Christmas music video, you know, prepare your songs, whatever it might be. If you're being, if you're being told, it's only 10 minutes or you can fit that in rather than, you know, what I see in positive school environments and what I, I've really loved in the past has been when leaders will see that as a, if, if you're not managing to balance your work, leaders will see that as a reflection of their leadership. And that's so supportive and so lovely when you have that conversation of like, how, what can we do to support you with this? You know, what's going to help you achieve this better? Um, Cause clearly this isn't working for you right now. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're not managing to hear your readers or you're not managing to tick a certain box each week, some leaders will look at that and go, clearly this teacher's working hard. Clearly they're a good teacher and they're in here all the time doing their job. If they're not doing that, then we're failing as leaders. We're not giving them the, the steps they need to reach that success. And that is so warming and so what teachers deserve and what teachers should be experiencing in all their workplaces. But so often, instead of that, instead of there being um, kind of teachers sharing responsibility of, of well-being and work-life balance, instead it becomes um, a kind of a judgment. Uh, you're not doing it. It's important. It's a priority. You know, and you don't need to sit with me and tell me why it's important to do these things. Like I know all these, I know hearing my readers is important. I know that, um, you know, whatever, all, all the little jobs we have to do, handwriting, spelling, grammar, writing, uh, all that's, you know, maths, topic, science, RE, PSHE, every single subject that comes through a school. I get why it's a priority. I get why it's important. Nobody needs to justify that to anyone um, or explain to anyone why they're important. 
the issue is how do we balance it how do we manage to fit them in and so i think that's that's another sign if you're being judged rather than being assisted then that's um you know that i say judging from an armchair because there's that idea of they're just looking and saying you need to do more um you know where where sometimes i've heard leaders speak to their staff and say well you need to get this done it's only 10 minutes and actually, whatever that job might be, it's not usually only 10 minutes, is it? Because you have to get to the place, you have to arrange it first of all, you have to free up a time in your timetable where you can make that 10 minutes and maybe have your teaching assistant manage the class as well. Um, all things to think about. Jesse says, yes, leadership with a team, having middle managers, trusting your team is so important, I feel. Helen Van Reels dropped in the comments. Hello, Helen, wonderful, wonderful friend. And Jesse, of course, is, is um, my sister-in-law. So a couple of comments coming in from lovely people I know. I love chatting to people who I actually know on here. But of course, if you, whether I know you or not, feel free to drop in your comments on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, Helen says, when looking at a workplace as a pyramid, it should be inverted with the leaders at the bottom supporting their staff. Boom! Yeah, that that's new to me. The workplace should be an inverted pyramid. Leaders at the at the bottom supporting the staff and all those staff at the top. Obviously, there's more more numerous are the staff at the top being supported by the leaders. I need to see that, Helen. You need to get that printed and sent to all all teaching workplaces, all workplaces ever. Get one to Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. That's amazing. Love that. The inverted workplace pyramid teachers at the or leaders at the bottom supporting their teaching staff as it goes up towards the top. That is fantastic. Um, that has made my little morning. Love it, love it, love it. Um, moving on then, bottom-up approach, Jesse says. Couldn't agree more, Jesse. Couldn't agree more. Um, Fabo. So that's about where the where it comes from. Is it you know, leaders prioritizing work over well-being, judging others rather than supporting others. All those quotes we were talking about earlier, lots and lots of things of where those environments come from and how you can sense whether your workplace might be becoming toxic or already is toxic. You know, are you enabled to balance your your work and life? You know, there's certain phrases that are used, aren't there, about kind of to look after yourself and, oh, don't do any work this weekend, relax over the holidays, uh, get yourselves home. Those kind of phrases are thrown about. Are they, can you achieve that? When somebody says, don't do any work this holiday, are you able to not do any work that holiday? Because sometimes you are able, and those are your positive, lovely working environments that we all want to be in. But sometimes people say, get yourselves home, don't do any work. And it's impossible because they've asked you to do so. It's just, it's just a way for them to make themselves feel better, isn't it? Really, they're demanding a lot more from you and you, it's impossible to get yourself home is because you've got stacks of books that you need to get on top of because you didn't have the time to get to those earlier because you were ticking whatever other boxes were in a job that was only 10 minutes and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, it all goes on. So yeah, and who's responsible for it? Who's responsible for the toxicity in a workplace? Is it just the leader? Is it just the leader at SLT? Or is it actually every single person if we are just class teachers, right, potentially at the top or bottom of the pyramid, depending on how you look at it, um, you know, isn't it, is it our role to head to the leaders and say, look, there's an issue with this school and it's not going well, right? This is not the workplace that it should be. It's maybe it's changed. Um, is that a, the place of a class teacher to have that conversation? I think it can be. I think it maybe needs to be prepared, maybe a large email, maybe even... You know, I've spoken with a number of staff members because obviously if it is a toxic workplace, you shouldn't be feeling it individually. You should be sensing it in a community of staff members that actually we are all suffering here. If you're feeling it individually 
and others are not, you might be looking more at, you know, that I would call that a different problem. You were talking that about whether leaders, whether there's any kind of workplace bullying or whether, you know, maybe that is about your, your own work-life balance and just how you sense your job. But usually if we're talking about a real toxic work environment, you're going to have multiple teachers who are on the same, in the same boat as you, in which case maybe you can communicate, represent a group when you communicate to your leaders. Um, but it's not necessary. I think data speaks just as much as an email in that if you say, I'm going, I don't want to work here, I'm not happy working here, then that speaks just as much as an email would. And of course, if it is a toxic working environment, if a couple of people do that in a year, and these are good quality teachers who've been wonderful teachers for the past 10 years, and suddenly a number of them are leaving, I think that's going to create a much clearer message to management that they can't look away from. I think an email, they can excuse away, they can talk through it, oh yeah, but this, but that, but we have to do this. Oh, I'm very proud of the achievements of the school. Um, you know, this, this is how it's had to be. This is our priorities. They can all be excused away. But to say, actually, this is my limit. I'm, I, I respect myself enough to not put myself through this more. Uh, you know, the, they can't turn away from that. They will have to then enact on getting somebody else in. And through that process, um, you would hope if there's more than one staff member who might be on their way because of the toxic working environment, um, then you would hope that a, a, even a half decent leader might reflect on why is that? Why has that wonderful teacher um, gone from my staff? Because you know a, a number of wonderful teachers gone from my staff. I think it's the strongest data you can put forward. But also there's a risk element, isn't there? We we like the security of a job. We like to know we have a wage coming in. So it takes some bravery to do that. But I would say worth it, worth it um, for those that need it. Let's see some more comments from Jesse. Lovely, lovely to hear from you today, Jesse. Loving the comments coming in. Thank you. She says, workload and expectations from leadership, in my experience, where is where the toxicity stems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, that work-life balance not being valued. You do compare yourself to colleagues, though. Uh, correct. I, I imagine you mean one compares oneself to colleagues rather than me personally comparing myself to colleagues. I, I don't know. Do I? I maybe. If they stay late, oh yes, if they stay late, then you feel that you have to, totally. And again, that's, an, and we said earlier about, you know, leaders who expect staff to stay in till seven or eight, you know, that's another indicator of your toxic work environment. You know, the, the martyrdom of teaching and expecting, you know, it is just a job. Look, we are not given a golden wage. We are not, um, it, there are jobs that pay far more than ours. And so we have to remind ourselves of that. If we're going to kind of flagellate ourselves through the day, oh, you know, we're terrible. We, we, we deserve this pain. You know, we're not, we're not kind of set. We're not all living in mansions with pools in the back. And some people do. Some people do live in mansions with pools at the back. So I would take a moment and go, I'm not being paid enough, right? I'm, I'm, if you're sacrificing your family, you're sacrificing your life and your mental well-being, it's not worth it. It is just a job. Newsflash. Da, da, da. Where's, where's my teacher talk radio news? Hold on. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this oh, uh, is Teachers Talk Radio News. It's just a job. All right. That's your teacher's talk radio news. It's just a job. Okay. It's all right to treat it as just a job. It's totally allowed. It's fine, healthy. You're okay. Um, all good, all good, all good. We are heading towards the end of this rather interesting show. Thank you, Farbod, for calling in early. That was a wonderful, wonderful call. Thanks, Jesse and Helen, for your wonderful comments as well. Lucy Newberg dropped some amazing comments. Thank you, Tom and Seema, for your likes. Always love a like um, in this, this world of social ne media neediness. Drop all the likes you like, guys. Um, you know, my, my ego can always do with a little boost. 
Um, so yeah, as we move on to the end of this episode, last things to talk about. Something now, this is let me know what you think on this. When I was thinking on who's responsible for toxicity, is it one person? Is it subject leaders? Is it every member of staff? Or do we all share the responsibility for a toxic working environment? I came to a question. Does the current state of education, does, you know, in the UK, I know it's, it's very similar in America as well, similar problems in America and across the world. Does the state of education make toxicity unavoidable? Does it make it inevitable? Are we always going to be heading towards toxicity? If, if, we're t- if we're an outstanding school, we're ticking all the boxes. Is it inevitable that, you know, as our, those leaders become more confident, it's going to become toxic because they start to become, hey, I'm the leader that does all the good stuff. I don't need to listen to others. Trust in me. I've got it. And then before you know it, that becomes like a dictatorship. It becomes, you know, I'm no longer listening to advice because I'm so confident in myself. and I no longer need to listen to what the teachers think because I know what they think because I've got it all. You know, those leaders can become that. Is it inevitable um, that toxic work environments kind of creep into education or is it a fixable problem? Maybe you're in a workplace that is totally not toxic. You've seen it heal. Has anybody come seen a fix of toxic of toxicity? I've only seen it appear or there's one environment where it's wonderful and not there and another environment where it's there. I've only seen it kind of come up. I haven't seen it get uh, disappear. Um, and I'd love to hear about that. I'd love to hear about that. Um, I have, you know, obviously I'm aware of places that have remained good and, and I'm aware that currently wonderful workplaces, Lucy Newberg had dropped in earlier that during all this COVID time as a solution to the lack of nativities and lack of parents being in, they had an outdoor Christmas market set up in their school where kids would sell little handmade items at their outdoor markets. Parents would come around and each year it would sing a song at intervals throughout the day. I thought that was such a wonderful idea and struck me as like, the absolute kind of that workplace I could promise you is not a toxic workplace. Like they are thinking on their feet. They're thinking about what's best for kids and how best to make any situation in the moment. It's so, it's so impressed me that that and the upside down pyramid from Helen Van Reel highlights of my show so far, love the Christmas market and the, and the upside down pyramid. Um, so yeah, love both of those. But so I don't think, I don't think workplaces need to be toxic but i want to put that out there that with the pressures of ofsted with the trend that i think there are more toxic workplaces of schools than there are of other types of places i think if you looked around you know maybe certain you know all the hmvs in the country and all the tescos in the country i think and all the whatever bunch of accountants in the you know, solicitors in the country i think you would find in all of those professions there are toxic workplaces but I wonder if it's more common in teaching because of the pressures, because of the intensity, because of the martyrdom that's expected and justified. And we have to watch ourselves, people. We have to watch that we are not contributing to that message as teachers. In my humble opinion, you know, as I say, rambling on for 90 minutes every Sunday, you know, we have to watch that we're not contributing to that message. And we're not saying, oh, well, teaching is a special job where you have to do all this. Oh, it's all for the kids, though. You know, don't do that message because there is you you are one of the kids you are as valuable you are as human and as much of a person as any of those kids in your class and you deserve all that good stuff you want your kids to have you deserve as well and i think we have to be careful to remind ourselves of that and and remember you know being a teacher is not is not a, a kind of sentence to suicide it's not a, a an excuse to give up you know to look away from yourself as a person it should it should segue into your life the same way any decent job should segue into your life and if you commit to a job and you decide right 
I am going to consciously kind of make this who I am and make it my life, that's fine. Because of course, there are many successful, amazing business people in the world and people who've succeeded in there, and they've given everything to their jobs. And they consciously decided to do that, because that's what it was to them. That's fine, as well, because that's you talking about your own life, just don't push it on to others. Do you know what I mean? I'd say that to leaders is that if you've just decided it's going to be your absolute, you know, 24 hours a day, commit, 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 good for you, you know, off you go, that's, that's your decision to, to commit to whatever you want to do, you know, we all have our hobbies and loves and passions in life, that may well be yours, just don't push it onto others. And because that's when it becomes toxic, because other people deserve to have their own choice in that matter, whether you know, a, a sub 50,000 a year job um, is is worth giving up, you know, your relationship with your kids and your partner and your home time and your mental well-being um, and just your general mood and sense of self and happiness. You know, it's not. It's not. There, there are higher paid jobs that um, that don't demand you don't see, you know, your family and kids for the for the right amount of time and, and enjoy and laugh and watch movies on weeknights and whatever, you know, we, that we all deserve. Um, things to think about. Things to think about. So do you do you stick with, do you send an email to your leaders? Do you send an email to your governors and say, look, I'm sensing this in the workplace. You know, maybe speak to other teachers and cite, you know, we are all suffering here. That could be a, a way for cite. It's an active way to be if you're in a toxic school, to communicate with governors, communicate with other teachers and create a message that you're not happy. That is the way we're supposed to communicate. I know that they, you know, there are kind of communication threads in place so that if you don't feel you can speak to a leader in your school, you can speak to governors, you can take other routes. It's risky. A lot of us feel like that's putting our neck on the line. It could affect future employment because we all know, although references can't criticize and can't lean into things like that, we also know that head teachers may well speak informally um, and and go beyond professional lines. Um, a part of me thinks the best thing to do sometimes is just to pass it on like a hot potato. You go, right, I'm, I'm moving jobs. I'm looking out for myself. Um, you know, and that takes a lot of self-belief and valuing yourself. But I think that's, that could be the magic that's needed on there. Could be the magic that's needed. Um, you're ju we're just heading towards the end of this Sunday brunch episode with me, Graham Collum. If you're listening, you are listening to Teachers Talk Radio. That is a live interactive platform and um, that also works as a podcast. After this show airs on Sunday, the 12th of December, it will be downloadable from Podbean, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all kinds of places. Just type Teachers Talk Radio um, and you can find all the episodes to listen back. We now have hit 10,000 followers on Twitter, can you believe? 10,000 followers on Twitter and on Podbean, 300,000 downloads. Are we taking over the world? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I'm looking out to see Tom Rogers flying by in a blimp with a little trail off the back of it saying, TT Radio. And, you know, it could be my voice booming out live from London. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but it's a good time to be on Teachers Talk Radio. And it's a good time of year. It's Christmas. If you are suffering this toxic workplace stuff that we're talking about, you know, this is the time to prioritize yourself for the next week. Take a back burner so you don't get stuff done. Stick a movie on. Get to know your kids. Read some nice texts together. Um, Lucy says, don't give him ideas about Tom in the blimp. I'm up for the blimp, Tom. I'll record a special voiceover live from the skies. Tom, Tom Rogers, sorry. 
Um, who knows? Who knows? I'm, I'll give him all the ideas. But look, um, it's all good fun. Tom's still listening. He's he's given some kind of emoji response, but I can't see it. I'll guess it's a laughy face or a cry face. Helen says a great person to follow who, re- who researches a lot on what this episode is about is a psychologist, Adam Grant. He specializes in organization psychology. That's interesting. I have not heard of Adam Grant. Um, uh, yeah, a few other little notes, actually, of connections. Earlier, I referenced a, a tweet that went out yesterday about kind of red flags in workplaces. That was from Carl C. Pupe, uh, who's a wonderful and wonderful teacher and speaker and author. Um, Adam Grant is a is a psychologist here being referenced by Helen Van Riel, who talks about organization um, in the workplace and psychology in the workplace. Really, really interesting stuff um, to look into. And of course, speak to your fellow staff members. The best thing about it for me in toxic experiences I've had is the fellow staff. When you relate and you know those staff are good teachers, you know they've been positive and happy and joyful and they've been everything a good teacher should be. If they are feeling the same way you are, that's the biggest indicator. That's the biggest indicator. And not just one member of staff. You'll see it come up with multiple members of staff and you see it in their faces. And even the leaders who are who are pushing the message that makes it toxic, you'll see it in their faces too often. And they'll be wiped out and they'll they'll know something's not right. But, you know, also remind yourself that as a class teacher, if you're not a leader, if you're not contributing to the general ethos of the school directly every second, you know, with, with every decision, then understand it's not your job to fix everything. You know, we're we're not wizards. It's not it's not our thing to like I said. It's not a suicidal profession. We we got to prioritize ourselves at one point. And if anything comes from the Sunday brunch with me, Graham Column, on your Sunday afternoon, it should be that you have value, and it's okay to to ask kind of to ask for your time and your stuff. Uh, so it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure being on here with you all. I hope you're all doing great. I hope you all really enjoy the rest of your Sunday and your week. I hope you enjoy your last week. I know it's going to be a mad cram, but I hope within it, you have some laughs with your class and you look forward to Christmas with them all. Talk about Santa and elves and snowmen and whatever other fun things might come, come up with kids. And that includes secondary school teachers too. Talk to Santa about them. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, enjoy your weeks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your amazing contributions, everyone. It's been so lovely to have you all um, here on Sunday. This is your Graham Sunday. So there's no Khalil coming up next, I'm sorry to say. And there's been no Sobia before and no Harine after that. It's been a, it's obviously a super, super crazy time of year and all people are super busy. I know that most expect to be back next week, as do I. And we'll be super close to Christmas. So I'm going to try and keep it Christmas themed next week. Get your get your mulled wine and festive hats placed upon your heads for next week. I don't know what I'm going to be speaking about, but something Christmas related. Maybe we'll be talking about movies again. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, I look forward to speaking to you all then next Sunday. That'll be on the 19th. And today, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, wonderful rest of your Christmas week and count down those days to having a break that we all so, so deserve. You've been listening to, to, to Teachers Talk Radio at TT Radio 2021. And I've been Graham Collum at Graham Collum VO. Have a lovely Sunday, guys. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio. Oh, what's this? Graham's shame. It's a surprise, Graham's shame. At the end of the show, I just remembered 
Um, a little thing that you guys might enjoy. I, I usually do Graham Shame as a way to make you guys feel better about your lives and things that I do bad in my life. Earlier this week, I did say my kid was sick. Um, I'll just give you a little bit of detail of that. At 4 a.m., I was sat up and he got sick into my cupped hands, um, which then overflowed onto our pillow and bed. And that was a highlight of my week, kids. Have a good one.